Hello, this is your host, Eliza Derback, and welcome back to Classic Commentary. Today, I will discuss the negative psychological impact of socioeconomic inequality and how it may be combated through the lens of Charles Dickens's Great Expectations. Recently, I was rereading through the aforementioned novel, which details the journey of Pip, a poor blacksmith's apprentice, into wealth and social prestige through the help of a mysterious benefactor during the early 19th century. While I was unsurprised with the other mysteries and their answers in the book, including the Miss Havisham, Pip's imagined benefactor, and the manipulative false promiser of her adopted daughter Estella's hand in marriage to Pip, wasn't really Pip's benefactor and it had turned Estella's heart to ice, I was nonetheless deeply struck by Miss Havisham's change of heart by the end of the book. Specifically, when hearing Pip tragically admit his love to Estella, while Estella denies its reciprocation, she is clearly shocked, shown with, quote, her hand still covering her heart, all resolved into a ghastly stare of pity and remorse. Far from her earlier manipulative cruelty, she is illuminated as a human character, guilt-stricken for her part in nudging Pip towards unsatisfied love. It begs the question of why, after her efforts for such an outcome, she sympathizes with Pip and feels guilty, while also alluding to the retrospective question of how she came to behave cruelly and then remorseful. Rather than being unique in the book, however, Pip's socioeconomic development reflects the same lack of empathy and increase in selfishness. Centrally, the society of early 19th century England explains the commonality, with a, with a culture struck by inequality, along with an obsession with social class and wealth, breeding individual selfishness and wanton hatred, with the resultant lack of empathy poisoning the relationships between Pip, Miss Havisham, and their acquaintances. This ultimately causes Pip's and Miss Havisham's descent into self-hatred and regret, ultimately revealing how cooperative redemptive kindness must prevail to allow people to help others and hence themselves. The early 19th century in England, going into the Victorian era, is commonly understood through the idea of a stratified society, with great suffering for those in poverty at the bottom of the social ladder. While social mobility was certainly possible, the inequality of the age supported the drive to escape poverty in the first place. Exemplarily, throughout the beginning of the text, the world that Pip inhabits is demonstrated as penurious and desperate. As one example, Pip's world is devoid of the means in which to rise in social class or wealth with Pip both receiving an inferior education from Mr. Wopsle's great-aunt's evening school, which necessitated learning the alphabet from Biddy, a fellow student, and with Pip growing up with his illiterate adopted father, the blacksmith Joe Gargery. This reflects the poor's limited access to education, and thus to a life beyond rural labor to escape poverty. It is unsurprising, then, that when Pip encounters Estella and her sophistication at Sada's house, the home of Miss Havisham, having recognized his unequal position compared to her, he begins to resent his, quote, coarse hands and, quote, common boots as, quote, vulgar appendages, beginning his jealous obsession with wealth and social status as a function of recognizing his inferiority within an unequal society. This leads him to pursue and try to embody a greater social and economic status. While Miss Havisham starts her life as the prosperous star of a brewer, the same environment of socioeconomic desperation shapes her similarly to Pip. One can see this in the way Miss Havisham was conned by her fiancé, Compusin, to give him her wealth, where, quote, it has been supposed that the man to whom she, Miss Havisham, gave her misplaced confidence, acted throughout in concert with her half-brother, that it was a conspiracy between them, and that they shared the profits, unquote. Characterized as a cold swindler, Compusin embodies the selfish societal obsession with wealth, consequently leaving Miss Havisham, heartbroken and betrayed, set to seek her selfish revenge on the male sex that betrayed her love from her reclusion from this toxic socioeconomic environment that broke her in Sada's house. 
Thus, in both Miss Havisham's and Pip's lives, the socioeconomic environment nurtured their self-centered tendencies towards either socioeconomic status or revenge. But for these lonely lifestyles, both pay a personal and social price. When Pip is allowed to rise from poverty to prosperity, his empathy suffers, with the selfish obsession of embodying his ideal of living as a wealthy gentleman, ruining his relationships, and leading to self-hatred and regret. Importantly, when Pip selfishly seeks superiority, empathy is sidelined for self-interest. For psychological research has revealed, quote, when people engage in favorable downward social comparisons, the kind that make you feel better off than others, they tend to acquire the belief they are better than others, more important and more deserving, unquote. This entitlement manifests itself in Pip's relations with others in his life, including Pip's relationship with his friend Herbert, where he prioritizes his own comfort and point of view at Herbert's and thus the relationship's expense. For example, in decorating their shared quarters with expensive things to look the part of a gentleman, Pip retroactively comments, quote, My lavish habits led his, Herbert's, easy nature into expenses that he could not afford, corrupted the simplicity of his life, and disturbed his peace with anxieties and regrets, unquote. Thus, Pip selfishly ignores the interests and feelings of his friend concerning his habits, demonstrating his lack of empathy and understanding his friend's financial and mental concerns due to new debts and stresses. However, this later recognition of this harm demonstrates his regret in hurting his friend, and Pip's later enlightenment that his perception of Herbert as inept compared to himself was really an illustration of his own ineptitude in truly seeing Herbert for what he was further expounds upon his self-loathing and guilt. Thus, through self-reflection and the rediscovery of his empathy, Pip admits his own disappointment and hatred with his past self, who treated respectful empathetic companionship for illusions of grandeur and superiority. Miss Havisham's betrayal and subsequent seclusion also served to diminish her empathy, allowing her cold cruelty to manipulate Pip and ruin her relationship with her adopted daughter, Estella, leaving only regret for the lives she had harmed and hence self-hatred for her actions. Starting out as a victim of both fraud and fake love likely resulted in feelings of powerlessness for Miss Havisham, and this would have predisposed her to her cruelty. For as studies on hate have shown, quote, the individual consumed by hate may believe that the only way to regain some sense of power over his or her pain is to preemptively strike out at others, unquote. Therefore, in the context of Miss Havisham's suffering, she tries to regain a sense of power over her life by directing hatred outward, primarily through her relationships with Pip and Estella. With Pip, in exacting her revenge against the male sex, she manipulates him into loving Estella all the while taunting him that his love will not be requited. For instance, when Pip visits at his house, seeking Estella early on in the novel, Miss Havisham informs him that she had gone abroad for study, taunting him both of the fact that she was growing, quote, prettier than ever, unquote, while also asking him, quote, do you feel that you have lost her, unquote, offering her as a tantalizing figure of affection, while taunting him that she is out of reach, torturing him with a distant promise of beauty. Further, later on, she implores Pip to, quote, love her, love her, unquote, no matter what, falsely implying to Pip that Estella was destined for him, and therefore setting him up for heartbreak when she does not respond to his love. However, as already discussed, Miss Havisham comes to regret her actions, guilty that her manipulations pushed Pip towards an unrequited, unsatisfied love that she herself knows, quote, showed me what I once felt myself, unquote, further lamenting that, quote, I did not know what I had done, what have I done, what have I done, unquote, to both hurting Pip and in turning Estella's heart to ice, through using her as a tool for her own revenge, illustrating her regret, her regained empathy, and her disappointed hatred in herself for her actions. 
Therefore, in the end, Miss Havisham's revenge backfires and leaves her with no power or satisfaction. Hence, to break the chain of harm, both Pip and Miss Havisham work together on an act of redemptive kindness. Specifically, in trying to set up Herbert for success with a partnership at a trading house, Pip needed money to complete the purchase of the position to assure Herbert a stable, successful life while redeeming his own poor behavior. Thus, Pip asks Miss Havisham for £900 to complete the purchase, and she accepts, nonetheless wishing she could do more for Pip personally. Quote, Can I only serve you, Pip, by serving your friend? Regarding that is done, is there nothing I can do for you yourself? Unquote. Hence, while Miss Havisham is unable to help Pip personally, her contribution of the money to supplement Pip's own kind deed acts as her own act of kindness to him, allowing him to, in his own words, do the, quote, only good thing that I had done, and the only completed thing I had done, since I was first apprised of my great expectations, unquote. Therefore, by working together on this constructive act of kindness, they break the socio-economic chain of harm with an unselfish act, achieving redemption for themselves too. In fact, as evidence of this positive feedback loop associated with kindness and cooperation, Pip's act of kindness to Herbert even pays off for Pip later on, with Pip offered a clerkship at the trading house by Herbert and eventually made a partner, giving him a chance to live comfortably too. In this modern world, people are also trying to live comfortably, but many are still facing the same challenges that Pip, Miss Havisham, and all the people that they affected fell from the socioeconomic state of their society. Inequality is still rampant, and globally, according to the United Nations, quote, 71% of the world's population live in countries where inequality has grown, unquote, where the income and associated class disparities have felt constantly in daily life. Consequently, selfish attitudes have become prevalent out of necessity. For example, due to the pressure of getting a college degree, a job, and achieving comfortable economic and social success, Dr. Sarah Conrath explains that, quote, All of these different pressures on young people, I think, crowd out their focus on their own self-care and care for others, because they're really focused on just trying to be successful and make it, unquote. Therefore, in the modern day, as in Pip's world, empathy is on the decline, with a new generation focused on their own survival in a world where wealth and success is increasingly spread thin for those at the bottom. Thus, this reveals just how important cooperative kindness can be to allow people to help each other. By, real by realizing how one's empathy has been restricted, either due to wealth or desperation, and by realizing that others are struggling, people from all walks of life can see kindness to one, to one another as a social cooperative good. From donations to simple acts of kindness day to day, like returning a dropped wallet, the cycle of suffering can be mitigated, with kindness spreading full circle throughout society. Now, as part of this greater society, I would like to hear from you listeners about the topic to hear about what you think. Turning to yourself, how has your socioeconomic environment influenced your empathy with others? And then turning to the struggles of other people, how have you spread kindness to help the lives of strangers? If you would like to reach out with your responses, then please send a reply to utterbacke22 at eosmith.org. Again, this is your host, Elias Utterback of Classic Commentary, and thank you for listening in.